0: Oh, my God. is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280, the zone and the zone sports network. All right,
1: coach Snyder's media availability has begun. Let's join that now.
2: Um, We'll have our first question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
3: Um, as a team excited to to get back and, and have a chance to play, um, obviously um, a lot of things that we're we're trying to understand and and you know the season's going to be full of challenges in that sense, but um, our kind of our overarching um, thought right now is I think guys are really looking forward to getting back on the court um, we've got a foundation of players that you know, that we know, um, that we're excited about. And obviously adding a couple guys in particular, um, Derek, um, you know, that I, I can talk about more. I'm sure someone will ask that question. But, you know, the, the bottom line is we're looking forward to playing um, in spite of all the challenges that, that exist.
2: Great. Right. Okay, we'll go ahead and get started now then. Um, we'll have our first question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
0: Hey, Q. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well.
4: Good.
5: Uh, yeah, you, so you kind of referenced this a little bit, just um, given that it is kind of a shorter run-up to the season and given that, you know, it's it's potentially a compacted schedule and you don't even know the full schedule yet, uh, how does that kind of impact your ability to kind of plan? And, and does bringing back a similar group to what you had last year help with that?
3: Um, well, first, the second part of the question, I think it does, Eric. Um, you know, anytime you have continuity, um, you're able to focus on different things. Um, you know, I'm not sure that's an advantage that just puts us over the top in and of itself, but it's certainly something, particularly under the circumstances, that um, that we feel good about. You know, we have a common language that we speak. Um, you know, as far as guys that have been here and just that that level of understanding. As far as the preparation goes, you know, the the thing that that I've kind of tried to connect it to early on has been, you know, what we faced in Orlando where we had the same type of uncertainty um, regarding the schedule, the format and all those things. Um, So I think part of it is, and I feel this generally um, about coaching, that, you know, being able to adapt is is something that's, you know, important um, all the time. And in this situation, uh, even more important because there's going to be things that are thrown at us constantly that you can't always predict. Um, you know, I think one of the things that the reason you plan is to have a, you know, a foundation to adjust from. And I, I think that's um, that's where we are. And not just for myself and the coaching staff, but I think also you know, our players understanding that the, the, the key thing is going to be whatever the adversity you face, you know, however it's cloaked um, to be able to, you know, to look at it and try to focus forward.
2: Okay, next question will come from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Coach, it's good to see you via Zoom, hopefully mm-hmm. in person one day soon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, adding uh, on what you just were talking about, Justin Zanuck did talk about the familiarity aspect.
3: I think you're muted, Kristen.
2: Yeah, Kristen, we can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, you talked about a little bit about the familiarity. I know Justin Zanuck talked about that as well as a benefit, given all of these the uncertain times. With that, Derek favors, adds that connectivity to the group. The guys love him. Donovan's Mm -hmm. always been still been close with him throughout the years. Can you just speak about that um, addition and just bringing him back and how good that is going to be for you guys in this group, knowing that you're facing challenging times ahead?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, two things. One, you know, just the person that Derek is, Um, you know, I can, I have this picture of Donovan pouring water on his head after a game. Um, you know, that was in some ways, you know, you, Derek lets you have windows into, um, from an emotional standpoint, you know, he's pretty steady and and you get these um, moments where you can appreciate who he is on a, on an even deeper personal level. Um, I feel lucky that I got to do that for, you know, five years and, you know, we certainly missed him last year. Um, but we're not just bringing him back because he's a good guy. <laughs> he's he's a really good player, and I think you know part part of you know I think part of the reason that Fave and I, um, and this is true of you know his his teammates too that you, you become close with someone is you trust them, and so I think the fact that you know we've always been really transparent, um, and not just talking about me with him, but but him with me. I mean, I. There's countless times where, you know, you feel like you want to explain something to him and he just says, Coach, I got you, you know? And that makes you even more um, appreciative of who he is. Um, so we're excited to have him back. He, he helps us in a number of ways, whether it's, um, you know, similar to some of the things he did for us the last, it hasn't been that long, I guess, you know, so um, whether it be backing up Rudy at the five, um, playing with Rudy, um, in matchup situations, I think the expectation um, for us is that he'll be faith and we know what that is and um, we know how valuable he's been here and, and is for our team whether it be on the court or the locker room.
2: next question Sarah Todd Deseret news.
4: Hey Quinn uh, when we were talking to fave the other day he had mentioned that uh, that you're his favorite coach. Uh, and that you're a you're a player's coach is how he described it. So, what I'm wondering is, from your perspective, what does that mean? And I don't know, maybe what what is not a player's coach?
3: <laughs> that well, first of all, it's you know, anytime you hear that from a player, it's flattering. Um, you know, for Derek to say that about me, you know, it, it it just makes you feel really good. And really, in a lot of ways, I think after we signed him, um, you're reminded um, as a coach of, of really why you do this, you know, to have a chance to, you know, to go through the good and the bad times with someone that you rely on and trust. And um, that's, that's a special part of the job. And... I think it's unique to team sports. Um, As far as being a player's coach, he could just be buttering me up. I don't I got to think about that for what he, um, no, I I referenced it earlier. You know, the thing that I guess I would say um, is the communication with with guys. I I think no matter what you're, sometimes you're saying things that, you know, are hard to hear. Sometimes you're wrong, you know, and you find out later, but I think being able to, to be real with each other, um, and I, I guess it's kind of a, a philosophical question on some level. They, I think being willing to to see the best in your players um, and to try to empower them, um, you know, to be to be willing to make mistakes um, uh, and to see try to see things in them that can help them get better and grow and. Usually when you're able to do that, you know, guys reward you and reward that confidence you have in him. And um, with respect to Derek, I've always, I've always had that.
2: Okay, next question will be uh, from Ryan Miller, KSL.
4: Hey, Quinn. Um, you alluded to this, but I'm wondering, with most of the roster being back and Derek returning, is it nicer as a coach to not have to build the personal connection before a season?
3: Um, yeah, I it, it certainly allows you um, the opportunity to 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 have that trust um, I, I think lets you move further, you know quicker um, so that if there you know we're, we're any season, this one in particular, even if we have you know some of the same guys, there's always. There's always adjustments that you want to make. We made them from the regular season to, you know, to Orlando in the bubble, and we'll make some more as you're, you're learning about your team and how guys, you know, interact. We, we didn't have Boyan, um, Mike, JC, you know, those guys weren't together the whole year. Um, so always trying to figure out how to maximize um, your players. And, and, but like in Mike's case, for me to get to know him, um, you just can't rush that. You're going to have to. It takes time. So um, Jordan doing that, you know, in a six-month period, you know, boy on, you know, first year. So to your point, um, you know, I, I think those guys, you, you, have a, you have an understanding of one another. And I think it allows you to rely on them even more. Um, you know, the players can always teach you. And having that, you know, those relationships – Um, You know, it makes it easier for for both players and coaches. And I think it lets you adapt even more. And um, there's that belief that you have in each other.
2: Next question, uh, Tony Jones, The Athletic.
6: Hey, Coach. uh, You didn't have Boyan in the bubble, uh, obviously. um, But what does it mean getting him back and – you know, his secondary scoring, his the spacing that he provides, the gravity to, that he provides and and you know, the the three point shoot him on shooting on volume shooting and how does that relate to to Donovan as Donovan took a step in the in the bubble and he looks to take another step this year?
3: Well, first of all, Tony, I, I'm still trying to figure out what gravity is, so you're ahead of me on that one with, with uh with Boyan. The uh you're gonna be our new analytics guy. The um to to your point, um you know, Boyan's ability to space, um, you know, Joe, Mike, we've got a lot of guys that that can do that. Rudy's vertical spacing, I think, allows Boyan, um, you know, opportunities. Um, then, you know, his ability to shoot off screens, his ability to, you know, we're going to try to use him on the post more this year. Um, I think that's an area where if you look at through the season, Um, where he can even be more effective we had him in some isolation situations you know at the nail um in the you know the middle of the free throw line so he he can score a lot of different ways and to your point he impacts other guys ability to score too so that um you know particularly you know donovan in pick and roll or donovan in an isolation situation it's it's You know, and and with his height, too, you know, sometimes bigger guys, you feel like they're they're guarded and they're not because they can just shoot over you. And and I think you saw that particularly um, with the amount of big shots that he hit because, you know, being willing to take big shots. And uh, he enjoys those moments. Uh, So having him back um, will be great. We had him virtually in the bubble. Derek, uh, he's not on the call, but Madeline knows this. Derek had like a poster of Boyan on every one of our elevators, um, on the elevator doors when we'd get off our floor. So we were constantly saying hi to them. So it's, it's good to be able to say hi to them, you know, in the flesh.
2: All right, next question will come from Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Thank you. Uh, you've you've mm-hmm. had a lot of m- m- multiple staff changes this offseason. Um, just wondering if you can kind of talk about those and in
3: particular the new guys and kind of what strengths they bring to you. Yeah. No, great. Um, you know, you, there. I guess there hasn't been really opportunity to comment generally on the staff. Uh, the, the, you know, really, it's something that I think. You know, I, I feel, you know, amount of pride in. You know, as I think the other guys on our staff do as well. You know, as, you know, dating back to a couple of years ago when Igor got the head job in Phoenix. Um, You know Johnny had been with the Jazz um, for a year before I got here and to see him you know take a job as the associate head coach of the Knicks um, it's always it's 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 bittersweet because you miss those guys they do such a great job Um, but I think they've all made each other Zach for instance you know some of you may know Zach you know when Zach was in college at Texas he was a like I wouldn't call it into he was a volunteer coach and eventually I started trying to take him on the road and he had to change his class schedule because he, he couldn't take uh, his classes during the day because of practice. And then, then he just missed class. So um, to see him, you know, come here when he was from Orlando six, five years ago, um, and then to get an opportunity, you know, on the bench in Dallas, you know, just says a lot about the job he's done. And um, our assistants are respected in the league. Um, and that's something, you know, Sagana Jopp, um, you know, he's kind of just beginning his career um, and has an opportunity to go to Houston um, in a role. Um, you, you, you want guys to grow and as difficult as it is sometimes to have those changes. You know, I've known Tony Lang since he was 19 um, and he's the head assistant now in Cleveland. And he was the second guy that I hired when I got here behind Lamar Skeeter, who was the video coordinator in Atlanta. Um, and I would anticipate, you know, Lamar having an opportunity, you know, Alex having opportunities. You know, every situation's different, but um, we have a wall in our office where we put pictures of, you know, they're like still shots of coaches with players. And uh, it's fun to walk by and, and see those guys and know. Um, not only how much they've given to, to our program and, you know, they, those are the guys that have laid the bricks um, for what we're building from a foundation. So to see them have a chance to, um, to move forward with their careers is, is you know, is, is rewarding. Um, as far as, you know, when you, when you ha- to me, with the staff, it's never kind of one-to-one. You know, it's, you're putting together a team and, you know, Dell Demps, Um, who we hired Dell was the, for some of you that know, you know, Dell was the the general manager, vice president of basketball operations in, in New Orleans. And we used to go have coffee when I would come when I was an assistant and come on the road and we'd go have coffee because we had coffee for three straight years before our D league games. When he was the general manager, we'd go to, we'd go to a Starbucks across the street from the Austin convention center. And, uh, Hang out and drink coffee. So, I always knew Dell wanted to coach, and I think he brings he brings a unique skill set. You know, I, I don't. I think Otis Storp was the only other um, GM, as I recall, that went from that role into a coaching role. He went to Detroit and coached their D League team there. So, the decision that Dell's made to come here um, says a lot about his passion. For coaching and uh, I tease him all the time it's what he wanted to do anyway and now he gets to do it um, with us uh, and then you know Keon Duelling, just another guy that I'm, I'm really excited to have um, Keon played for me at Missouri before you know he went to the NBA had a 13-year I think career in the NBA you know was a leader in every in every team he was on and has been working you know, with the Players Association. He's got a really unique experience, not just from the league, but I think on a personal level, which is is an asset. Um, and then Sergio Oliva, um, who is in Philadelphia, he actually did a fair amount of coaching um, back in Catalonia with, uh, albeit with, you know, young guys, you know. Um, so another situation with someone that has a unique skill set, um, you know, was in the front office in Philadelphia, um, helped build their analytics program, all the strategic analysis that goes into that. So, you know, he's, he's teaching me as we go, um, you know, all, all those guys and Keon and, and Dell in particular, um, you know, I have a history with too. So there's, that, that's a really important part of building a staff. And sometimes you have to develop those things and sometimes, they're ready made. Um, but I think just seeing our, how our staff interacts, like I said, it is always hard, but it can also be something that, um, that's beneficial at times too. And, um, I'm, I'm really thrilled about those guys being here and I'm equally excited for, you know, Igor, or Tony, Johnny, Zach Ghana. I mean, it's, it's pretty fun to see guys you know, have success, particularly when you know that they're such a big part of the success that we've had.
2: Okay, next up will be David James, KUTV.
6: Hey, Quinn. David.
1: I was curious uh, what, in this craziest of years, what kind of input you had into the um, draft process and what you know about those two guys and how they can add to the group over time.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it, we, dur- during the bubble, you know, not knowing where the draft was, when the draft was going to be for so long, you know, our focus um, was obviously Orlando and then we got back. Um, There's kind of a, a recharge period. Um, so our coaching, so we Dennis and Justin and, and their group, you know, we, 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 come, we come in on the process, you know, at a certain point after a lot of the, you know, they've, they've done a lot of the work. Um, And so uh, having an opportunity to, you know, to see the guys that, um, obviously not seeing them in person. So for us, maybe not that different. We didn't see them in workouts, but a lot of it's video work. Um, you know, and we have, you know, we, we, our input is, is I think useful. Um, certainly our primarily it's a level of trust that we have in Dennis and Justin and their group. Um, but as far as, you know, Dope goes, you know, having seen him play in college, you, you, can, you can find a Kansas, Kansas game on TV. Um, so having a chance to watch him play and, and see the things he can do. I didn't, wasn't as familiar with Elijah um, initially because I, don't, I just don't watch as much college basketball. Um, but having a chance to see him play, um, the, you know, he can really shoot it, um, ability to put the ball on the floor and create a little bit um you know and doke obviously we've had both those guys in the gym so it's been fun to see even early stage you know how they've thrown themselves into the workouts it, i think it's it's really we're asking a lot this year of rookies you know with a shortened um preparation process you, usually they get to come in have summer league again go through otas you've got like three or four months for them to get comfortable and so we're guys are getting thrown right in it, and uh, we're excited about both those guys and what they can do, and um, also know it's a, it's going to be a process for them.
2: Okay, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com.
7: Quinn, along those lines, well, what is day one like with a rookie or, or Trent, or I know you get Jerrell back, but some of the Exhibit Ten guys, like, what do you do day one to figure out what you have?
3: Um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Jarrell, um, Juwan, Mie, um, Nigel, those guys we're familiar with. Um, that said, it, it, you know, none of those guys have, have played extensive minutes in an NBA game. Um, they, they've all done really well in the G League. Juwan's probably, you know, the one that's obviously played a little bit more. Um, so th- there's, a, there's a familiarity we have with them. Um, as we're going through this right now, as, as people potentially get diagnosed with COVID or have an injury or, you know, there's so many variables that we're trying to get everybody ready, uh, those guys have a head start. Um, but at the same time, you know, ha- having Doak and Elijah in and getting them on the court with coaches, there's a, there's a preparation process. It's almost like if you if – you, for the rookies, that is, it, it's almost – you know, when we traded for Jordan in December – you know we have kind of a you know a packet of video and plays and more than anything terminology and you can't give it to them all at once you know you've got to kind of figure out a plan going forward and uh we've got less time for that now really the challenge is we're only allowed right now to have one coach and one player per court um so that makes it a little more difficult you know whether it putting up a few cones or, you know, suddenly our coaches are getting better workouts than they have um, in a while. So, it's, it's, it is it's it is a challenge, but, you know, it's always great to have, you know, young players that are enthusiastic about getting better.
2: Okay, we now have a question from Jace Frederick with Pioneer Press in Minnesota.
7: Hey, Quinn, Tim Roles reporter hopping on to ask a Ricky Rubio question. Um, People question here whether he can fit alongside another league guard, but he did that really well with Donovan. Um, in what ways do you see him maybe help Donovan's development? And why, what is it about his skill set where he fits so well alongside lead scoring guards?
3: Well, I think for one thing, he's just a selfless player, you know, so there isn't ever anything that you ask Ricky to do that he doesn't embrace. Um, and that, that makes him a great teammate. So when you start there, you know, no matter who you're playing with, you're going to have a positive impact. Um, I think his vision um, and his, you know, he enjoys making plays for other people. Um, and you see that, you know, in something as simple, you know, one of the things that he's great at is is finding someone just off a screening action, you know, where he's able to deliver a pass and, you know, it hits you in the hands at the right time. And those are things that he takes pride in that just makes it easier on other guys. Um, so, and then defensively, you know, he can he can defend multiple positions. Like we used to always like, you'd almost want someone to try to post Ricky because he would fight you like crazy and half the time he'd steal the ball. So, um, he's because of his size and his aggressiveness, in his hands, you know, he compliments guys on the defensive end as well. So, I, you know, his his game, his his mind, his heart, like it all lines up to making people around him better. Thanks, Quinn. Yep.
2: Okay, and we have a follow-up from Sarah Todd, Desert News.
4: When you mentioned um, being able to say things to your players that are kind of difficult for them to hear sometimes, Uh, And Donovan actually mentioned that a few days ago uh, with respect to Johnny and how he'd worked with him. And sometimes he would tell him like, that's a bad shot or something like that. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of philosophy maybe a little bit of tough love or being able to get your players to take criticism in a good way? uh, Is that something that you've sort of spread out to the rest of your coaching staff or that you try to impart on them?
3: Yeah, I I think it... I think, first of all, if, if players respect you um, as a coach, just that you've you've put the time in, you know, watching them play, studying. Um, you've vested time with them on the court, um, that it allows you, it allows them to hear the things that you're saying even when they may be hard. So I, I think foundationally, the relationships that, um, whether it be myself or, you know, as, as you mentioned, um, you know, with Johnny, that's I think true. Of you know, Lamar's got that with Mike Conley. Um, you can Alex has it with Rudy Gobert. Uh, you can you can go down down the line um, with the guys on our staff and the relationships, and that does allow um, allow them to be coached. For me personally, I, I think you know that's something I really want to empower. You know, our assistants to do that, um, but I think it's grounded in those relationships and the time that they spend with each other. And then the things that they're saying, you know, it's probably not the first time they've heard it. Um, and and the last thing is I, I think we're we're lucky, you know, that you have a guy like Donovan. You know, I've coached Rudy harder than any superstar um, out there, you know, and, and I give him a hard time about that, that, you know, I'm lucky that he's willing to listen. You know, Donovan the same way. Um, I told Boyan, I said a couple of things to Boyan, and, I caught myself and I was like, you know, maybe I went too far. And then I thought he'd played for Coach Obradovic. So there's nothing I could say to him that he hadn't heard over in, uh, in Croatia or Serbia. So I, I feel lucky that the guys we have um, really do listen. And the, the one thing that I, I think is important, you can say hard things, you can say things that are difficult, um, but you try to say them with respect. You know, and I think when you're respectful, that doesn't mean you can't raise your voice every now and then. That doesn't mean a player, you know, Joe's, Joe's yelled at me probably more than I've yelled at him, at least in the last two years. He, he, he didn't yell at me when he first got here, but now he yells at me. So um, I think all that stuff's healthy. And, you know, sometimes, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And, you know, for coaches and players to be able to, you know, own those two, I just think strengthens those relationships further. All right,
1: that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as camp gets underway today. Uh, Gordon, don't have too much time; we can get into it more coming up next. But uh, your initial reaction?
5: No, I mean those are those were expected questions, and Quinn, uh, as is his style, answered them rather comprehensively. I, you know, uh, th- there are uh, questions about how the Jazz are going to put these newer pieces uh, together, but uh, there's a lot of familiarity with this team, and, and I think Quinn addressed that and said that, uh, yeah, that, that is an advantage for them to have uh, that, uh, as he likes to say, uh, connectivity. And uh, so the Jazz should, I, I would imagine that they would get off to a pretty quick start.
1: Yeah, I, I'm done predicting uh, if they're going to get off to a slower quick start considering I've been predicting a quick start for <laughs> like the last three years and have been miserably wrong. So I'm I'm not going to quite go that far. But I, I get it why they're selling the familiarity. Absolutely. And uh, mm-hmm. it's no different than than comparing Utah and BYU in college football, uh, how, you know, BYU with a more upperclassman, uh, you know, filled team with more experience made it easier for them to prepare for this unique circumstance than say breaking in a bunch of freshmen so I you know I Mm -hmm. I certainly get what they're getting at there yeah no doubt all right let's jump out to the zone phone joining us now you hear him every day from 10 to 2 but he's here on behalf of tridaytrading.com he is Hans Olson hello Hans
6: oh man I'm so excited to talk to you guys about tridaytrading.com and the great things that it does for all kinds of people you've been doing it for a while now right yeah i'm three and a half years um i think be four years this
5: coming february so Uh, how hard how hard is it hans is it have you been able to
6: adapt to it pretty well well um so i'm doing it and (laughs) (laughs) that, that should be a pretty good indicator um gordon i would say that my technical acumen is at the, about the same level as yours. Um, <laughs> I, I know that you are able to get on your your, your equipment and get online every day, but that, that would be about my level of <laughs> online ability. And it, they make it so easy, Gordon, uh, personalized coaching and the software that has the indicators, you, you follow the indicators and they, they help you along with each trade. And you just have to be disciplined. You know a lot of a lot of football players, a lot of former athletes do really well in day trading because you stay disciplined with kind of the guidance that they set up for you and and you make those trades and it's it's fun to watch the money come in
1: so tell us what you're doing on Thursday, Hans, you're doing a kind of a live thing right
6: yeah, doing a live thing I'm actually gonna be making some live trades and and showing people what I do on the trading and having fun with that and you can watch some of the professionals that do it and it's just an opportunity to sign up and, and be on that Zoom call with us and ask questions or if you got any thoughts to do that as well. So just a fun opportunity to see what the day trading market looks like and to see how you can make money doing it. Um, people always ask, they're like, is this really a way you can make money? Yeah, it is a way. And there are thousands of people doing it nationwide. And they, well, now we've got hundreds of our listeners who are doing it over – you know, this this period of time that we've been working together and listeners have signed up and they're doing well. So it's just really an opportunity for them to, to get a kind of an eyewitness account of how it all goes down. Jake.
1: Remind us what time uh, on Thursday, hands for that webinar?
6: Yes, yeah, so I think that that webinar is at three o'clock. I'm going to double check it, but I believe all that right. it's. Uh, I believe that it was at three o'clock.
5: Hans, uh, real quick, uh, not nothing wrong with getting a little extra cash, right? I mean, uh, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, by the way, if the Jazz were a stock, would you buy that one?
6: I I would. I think I would buy that stock right now. I I just can't wait to see, you know, like all the questions that we had of. Uh, you know, having a, a, an athletic big man that can provide the defense, that can come off the bench, that can do all the things. Yeah, I, w- I would buy it. I can't wait to see Derek back with Boyan, and I can't wait to see Derek off the bench with Clarkson, and I can't wait to see if Donovan Mitchell controls the ball more. I can't. W- There's a lot of great storylines, and I'm buying.
1: Hans, we uh, we appreciate you jumping on. Oh, just out of curiosity, how much of your uh, TridayTrading.com uh, earnings go to uh, um, uh, youth athletics? <laughs> A
6: lot. <laughs> Five grand per kid. Gordon knows this pain. I think tennis uh-huh. is more expensive than volleyball. Yeah,
5: it is. I think it is. But it's all pretty pricey.
1: So. If- it,
5: it- it's
6: all pretty pricey, and I can't wait until that little Sadie does volleyball and tennis. And
5: golf and skiing. Yeah, Jake is going to be doing uh, – he's going to be uh, asking for your advice I on better day trading. Yeah, I better get yeah. on
1: board. I better get, a, I better get a head start on that. <laughs> uh, <gonna> jump. <laughs> you're the best, buddy. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right, check it out. TridayTrading.com. Enhance has that webinar coming up on Thursday. Stay tuned. We'll get to more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. This
1: one goes out to our boy Lindy. Alex Lundberg wanted to hear a little Goldfinger on a total request Tuesday. Rock covers of Christmas songs.
7: Ah, Ooh. I love it.
1: Gordon, we have some yes. college football news that uh, might be bad news uh, for, for BYU, but it might not. It might not impact them at all. But uh, can I tell you how uh, happy I am to be a fan of the incredibly smart and devious Atlantic Coast Conference? Uh, <laughs> oh, they've, yes. pulled a, they've pulled a total power move today, Gordon.
5: Oh, let's hear it. Tell us all about all
1: it. All right. Dateline Greensboro, or Greensboro, if, uh, if you're from the region. Uh, The Atlanta Coast Conference announced today several football schedule changes as well as adjustments to its medical advisory group report. Following a recommendation from the Conference Athletic Director Football Subcommittee, the league's athletic directors have voted to preserve the integrity of the ACC Football Championship game by evaluating each of the three teams in contention, Clemson, Miami, and Notre Dame, based on a nine-game conference schedule. As a result, Clemson and Notre Dame will conclude the regular season this weekend. Uh, Wake Forest, which was scheduled to play Notre Dame on December 12th, will now play at Louisville. Florida State will now play host to Duke on Saturday, December the 12th. And Florida State will travel to Wake Forest on December the 19th. So that's the long and short of it. All right. uh, But uh, do you know what that means, Gordon?
5: What does it mean, Jake? Jake?
1: It means that the ACC is not giving their top teams the opportunity to lose, (laughs) ensuring that they will continue to be ranked highly in the college football playoff committee rankings. So that basically means that Notre Dame is in the ACC championship game automatically. Clemson will be in the ACC championship game with a win over Virginia Tech this weekend. They're going to do it. And uh, Miami, uh, let's see, can win their way in with a win over Duke. uh, uh, Let's see. Oh, over North Carolina, I believe. So basically what they're doing is protecting those three teams, ensuring that we're going to get essentially a Clemson-Notre Dame ACC championship game. And then if Clemson wins said ACC championship game, Gordon, then they're going to take both Notre Dame and Clemson in the college football playoff, leaving a good Miami team to go to the Orange Bowl, meaning the ACC would have three of the New Year's six slots.
5: You know... This is all Machiavellian. This is this isn't trying to determine who the best team is. This is trying to. Uh, this is all promotion.
1: Well, I think this is. I think this is all gamesmanship to get your teams represented in the in the college football playoffs. I
5: understand exactly what it is, but it doesn't really. It, it's not a survival of the fittest.
1: Let's well, say of of course not. The Pac-12 are going to play five games. I mean. The ACC is, is playing has already, or will play nine conference games? Come on, what's the, what's the Big Ten playing? Seven? I mean, can you really fault the ACC for saying, hey, why are we putting ourselves out there like this? We're feeling pretty good about our resume and our teams. Why would we play 10 when other leagues are going to play 6 or 7 or 5 or whatever it is?
5: Well, it's a weird year, but it is what it does is it takes the cover. It takes the cloak off of uh, what the motivations really are every year. But if and be- that is to be represented as uh, in, in as multiple different ways as you possibly can.
1: Well, the idea is to win, right? You know, the idea is to win the national championship. You certainly have uh, a lot better chance with having two teams in the none or one.
5: Speaking of which, the uh, the college football playoff uh, rankings will be unveiled again uh, this evening. And uh, so we'll keep an eye on that and pass that along. However, again, I don't think it's going to be necessarily good news for uh, BYU fans.
1: Well, here's the bad news for BYU is it looks like the ACC is trying to dump games, not add them. So if (laughs) if you were hoping that uh, BYU would get an ACC opponent with all this reshuffling, that uh, certainly looks a lot less likely now. And then Brett McMurphy announced... Uh, or reported, not announced, he reported uh, that TCU adds December 12th non-conference home game with Louisiana Tech as a replacement for SMU. Mm -hmm. So there's maybe an opportunity BYU would have had to jump in and play TCU, and that uh, is not going to happen.
5: Yeah, I'm starting to get the feeling that it's going to be really difficult for BYU to get another game. And uh, not that it really matters, because the the motivation for that playoff uh, committee is uh, similar to uh, what we, you have been saying for quite some time. And that is to protect those who need protection and BYU is not part of that group. So that's uh, the, we talked about it earlier in the week, Jake, uh, that uh, the, the AP poll had BYU at number eight. Uh, do you think that those voters dug their heels in a little bit and so we're trying to make a point because so many had complained about how BYU had been treated by the playoff committee. So they dug their heels in. Will the playoff committee do likewise again today?
1: Well, we'll see. I would guess so. I mean, I, I would guess they're not going to move them up after not playing a game. So, wouldn't you? Who, although some teams lost in front of them, I guess.
5: I don't know. Will Will they move them up? I I, I guess that's the question. I doubt it, because uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, most of the AP voters, I think all but a couple of them, had BYU ranked much higher than that. And uh, yeah, and as a consensus, it was at number eight. So there obviously is a difference of opinion between what the power that used to be and the power that is in control of it now.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, there really is. I mean, you know me and my opinion on polls, but the, there really is no point to the AP poll anymore.
5: But you like them.
1: I do. I do. I, I think it gives us uh, stuff to talk about, so I'm fine with them, yeah. But, it, I mean, as far as meaning goes, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything.
5: Does, uh, do you think that's any revelatory in any way, shape, or form? That this committee thinks it's smarter than the than the voters in the AP poll. I mean, do, do you think that matters to them at all? Or do they say, "Hey, screw you guys. I mean, we, we we're not going to pay attention to you. We're going to do whatever we uh, want, which is, namely, to protect their own."
1: I don't think they're telling anybody they're smarter than anybody. Their their opinion matters. Other people's don't.
5: But I'm talking about the nature of their opinion.
1: What about it? I, um,
5: that it's different
1: I don't than think those they,
5: who are voting in the poll AP poll.
1: I obviously don't think they care. Do they even know well, what you're talking but, about? But, I mean, but I but don't think what, they care. That's what I
5: think is interesting about what's going to happen today. Will there be any movement, uh, upward movement for BYU since there was so much bellyaching that went on? And not just here. Not just here in Utah. I'm talking about across the country. An awful lot of people spoke out in dismay at the way BYU is treated. Look, I I don't think anybody, there might be some who think BYU deserve a shot to be in in the college playoff, but I think that is such a small number. But there there are many people who think they deserve a New Year's Six uh, selection. And at number 14, that, uh, that you know, and I've been watching these bowl projections and I guess a few of them have BYU in, like, the Fiesta Bowl or something like that. But most of them have them in, like, the New Mexico Bowl or the Lending Tree Bowl, all these bowl games that are really no different than what BYU typically would have an opportunity to play in.
1: <laughs> Notre Dame football from their verified Twitter account just tweeted out, clinched. Oh, no, it's not Notre Dame football. Dang it. It's uh, Fox College football. Oh, wow. Well. I, I thought that, after like a like, how funny would it be to like celebrate a division title or whatever uh, based on a technicality of canceling a game to be like, <laughs> yeah,
7: did it. Put the little <laughs> X with a yeah, dash. Right. <laughs> uh, we did it, everyone. Hang the banner.
5: <laughs> play the We Are the Champions song, right?
1: How about that? The only time ever Notre Dame's been in a conference, they're playing in a conference title game.
5: You know, Notre Dame is pretty good. I, I've watched them play on a number of occasions, and I think they do have quite a bit of talent. Uh, now, whether again, it's all relative, but they seem pretty good. But when I watched Northwestern play, I thought they sucked. I mean, they looked bad, in my opinion. So will that team still be ranked ahead of BYU even after losing? Hmm.
1: All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the big show, Austin's List. Somebody's going on the list next. Oh. Matt Williamson talking to NFL with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Bowler at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. <laughs> Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances on 975 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hey, oh!
1: It's time for Austin's List here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Our producer, Austin Horton, has an enemies list, something you don't want to end up on, and uh, we put a bunch of people on it pretty much a couple times a week. Who's making it on there today?
7: Uh, well, before I tell you who's making it on there today, I wanted to play you an audio clip. 20 seconds long, short and sweet. Here's what, here's what it sounds like. All right.
4: Honestly, it's just so exciting, and the fact that I can represent like the little girls out there who wanted to do this or, you know, Thought about playing football or any sport, really. And it encourages them to be able to step out and do something big like this. So it's awesome. I just want to tell like all the girls out there that you can do anything you set your mind to. Like you really can. And if you have that mentality all the way through, you can do big things. Okay.
7: That was Sarah Fuller. You're putting her on the list? No. <laughs> she uh, became the first female to play in an S or excuse yeah, an SEC. Or a Power 5, for that matter, football game. Pretty cool, pretty historical moment. She, I believe, kicked off for the beginning of the second half of Vanderbilt's game last week, which Vanderbilt lost and then fired head coach Derek Mason yesterday, Uh uh, or if not on Sunday. But it was a pretty cool moment, historical moment. Did she win the game with a a 60-yard field goal? No. Did she... Absolutely kill the ball for a touchback. Noah's actually kind of a, 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 a low squibbler uh, kind of kick, uh-huh. but a historical moment nonetheless. Those who are going on the list are people like former friend of the big show, Clay Travis, who owes everything that uh, good about him to <laughs> us and me, uh, everything bad about him he owes to himself. <laughs> and, and, and but me. cavemen <laughs> like Clay Travis and Steve Hartman of Fox Sports Radio, and on and on and on, the list goes on, who have been flapping their gums and downgrading this as some sort of PR media stunt, uh, and that uh, Sarah Fuller didn't make any sort of history, she just was a pawn in a PR scheme. If that is the absolute truth, if this was a PR media hatched scheme... It's still a very cool historical moment, regardless of what the intention behind it is. Sarah Fuller deserves love and praise for being the first woman to play in a Power 5 football game. And the cavemen can drag their clubs away from the microphones for a while, please.
1: Oh, you, well said. You know what's funny about that situation, though? Is, isn't that the most Vanderbilt thing ever to get shut out in that game? So she okay. doesn't get a chance to kick at all? They can't even get into <laughs> field goal range? Can't kick an extra point? <laughs> she gets one play because they have to kick off in the second half? Them's the rules. Isn't that yeah. the most Vanderbilt thing of all time? <laughs> it is. That's very Vanderbilt. That you suck so bad
7: you can't sure. even do something historic, right? Sure. And, and some, <laughs> some, se- a great school. some skeptics or cynics might say, oh, Vanderbilt, of course they rolled Sarah Fuller out there because what do they have to lose? But regardless, that's not Sarah Fuller's fault. No, I get your She's point. She still earned her spot that day.
1: But well,
5: you're and, right. And it's they, very I, Vanderbilt. I just think it's these, hilarious these guys, that they can't
1: even manage to give her an opportunity.
5: These guys who have been ripping her because of the, the squib kick that she hit and all that stuff, hasn't she been – haven't they uh, put some videos out there online of her just absolutely bombing soccer balls, like, way, way far out there Uh uh, you know, proving that she does have a strong leg, that she can kick the, uh, kick the ball sure. the wrong
7: way. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and even, but even if they hadn't put those out there, which it does legitimize her skills as ki- in kicking a ball more than the the opportunity she got, she still got that opportunity it yeah, yeah. still made history.
1: Well, if you look at the way she yeah. kicked it, I 100% believe it was intended to be a squib kick.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Which, which uh, I mean, just
1: look at how her, her she swung her leg at the ball. That's another thing. Couldn't you at least let her swing away? Come
0: on. <laughs> right. Come
1: on, Vanderbilt. Can you get into field goal range, can you let her swing away? Just give her a chance. Just give her a
7: chance to get yeah. out
1: there and boot it.
7: Although, oh, yeah. uh, then, then watch her have to make the, the tackle. If she does kick it high and the guy gets away and she has to make the tackle, then that guy is in a bad situation. Which
1: would be awesome to see her go pain train on somebody and just de him. It'd be the the most incredible thing ever. But it's like, Vandy, get it together. Give her a better opportunity. And then when she does get her one play, you're like, hey, get out there and squib it. Come on! You can't get
7: a first down, Vanderbilt.
1: You can't get uh, inside the the 40? (laughs) My experience in
5: sports when it comes to these kinds of topics is that uh, there are people who are big proponents of it and they want to create opportunities for women. And then there are some men who, uh, and maybe some women too, I don't know, for whatever reason are so resistant against it that they will find any reason to criticize it and to try and downplay it. So you have you have both sides and people going at it pretty strong. And this has been the case for, well, since since women were given more opportunities to play sports.
1: I wish they would have let her kick an extra point. But alas. all right, but joining Vanderbilt. <laughs> alas, it's Vanderbilt. All right, joining the show now, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, here on behalf of TryDayTrading.com. You can hear him from 10 to 2 here on the Zone Radio Network. He's Hans Olsen. Hello, Hans.
6: Oh, man, you guys, I can't tell you how nice it is to set your own hours, you know, you wake up, you're in your own office by your own computer, and, you know, you just walk in, you dial things up, you pull up your software, watch your indicators, Uh, you do a little back research on what the market's done, you take a look at different trends, and then you watch your indicators, and you talk with your coach, and you keep watching that indicator, and then it'll show you when to place a trade. And all the software is set up, to do all the work for you. You've got, stop, you've got the uh, stop gain, so it'll kick that money out as soon as it hits that number and put it into your account. And you can make money in day trading, and you don't need any experience. Do you uh, ever go rogue, Hans? Uh, <laughs> you need to talk to Scotty about that. because <laughs> 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 I know when he was in his demo account, and uh, so Scotty, every once in a while, he'll just think, all right, here we go. Let's do this. And <laughs> and he'll go rogue. Yeah, I, I have a couple of times. And, you know, that's one of that's one of the things you don't want to do in day trading, Gordon. You you, you never want to think you're smarter than the volatility of the market. You can't outthink it. And you just have to watch your indicators. And not just one or two. got to watch all of them and follow what they're telling you, and you never go full rogue.
1: All right, Hans. I'm going to ask this ne- next question for a friend. All right, um, would would this be a good way to avoid doing yard work? Like, if if your wife were bringing you know really heavy bags of mulch into the backyard all by herself, you could you could go. I'm trading, dear. I'm sorry. I'm trading in here, making money. I I'd, I'd help you, but uh, you know, gotta gotta keep the kids in little
6: league volleyball. Yes. In fact, I'll give you some tips on how to make sure that this happens. Get a pocket protector, get a pen and put it in your ear, get some scrap paper, write numbers down on it, have friends call your phone every five to six minutes so it's ringing, but don't pick it up. Just say, I'm too busy. And just, you know, act like things are, are pretty furious and ongoing in your, in your office. And that should that works. Uh, that should for But, but the, uh, hans hans it really does sound
5: like that it's improved the quality of your life though uh just having a little something extra there it, it really does
6: and and I know that we were laughing about it but I'm I'm not even kidding man with and and you guys were just talking about girls and I'll tell you what I know Gordon I know you got a, a few and I've got a few and I'm all about empowering those young women and whatever it takes uh the 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 coaching the schooling Uh, The training, you know, my, my one daughter had a knee issue. So she's gone through rehab and that stuff is expensive and I'm willing to do whatever I need to. And it really is nice. You know, you, you set your own time and when you're watching that software and you're working with those coaches and you are not going rogue, but being very careful with the trade you're making, you absolutely can help yourself every month and, 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 in your bank account.
1: trydaytrading.com Hans has a webinar coming up on Thursday. Join him for that. Find out more at trydaytrading.com. Thank you, Hans.
6: Yep. J- jump out there, trydaytrading.com Sign up for that webinar that I'll be on on Thursday, and we'll see you there.
1: See you, buddy. That's our friend Hans Olson for TridayTrading.com. Matt Williamson, our NFL insider, coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.